Hello, this is Brian Croft. I'm the senior pastor of Auburndale Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm also the founder of Practical Shepherding. A few years ago, I started a blog about the daily work of a pastor, and that blog has grown into the various ministries of Practical Shepherding. We want to come alongside pastors who are laboring in the trenches of pastoral ministry to encourage and to equip them. And that's why we started this podcast, Trench Talk. So we hope this podcast encourages you and your church as we continue our conversation about the pastor's work. To find out more about Practical Shepherding, visit our website at practicalshepherding.com or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome to Trench Talk. This is the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And this is a podcast by pastors for pastors. Each episode, we're trying to take some aspect of the pastor's ministry and we're trying to break it down, think about how it can be helpful, how we can do this well to serve our people and to serve our Lord faithfully. Today, I'm sitting here with Brian Croft, who's the founder of Practical Shepherding, and he's the pastor of Auburndale Baptist Church. And my name is Josh Sher. I'm one of the pastors at Auburndale Baptist Church, and we serve together here. And one of the things that we do on a regular basis is we do a service review. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, and uh, I'm glad that Brian's here with me. So, Brian, could you just give us a summary in a sentence or two of what is a service review? Happens on Sunday night after the evening service, and we have a group of men who gathered together for about an hour, and we discuss the services, both the Sunday morning and the Sunday evening service. And then we talk about the sermon in the morning and the sermon in the evening uh, separately. And uh, we gather in my office and we try to figure out how we can do what we didn't do well. And hopefully it's a time for guys to learn how to do these things. When did you uh, when did you institute a service review? So, I mean, obviously you've been at Auburndale for over 10 years now, uh, about 12 or 13 years. Is this something that you started doing like as soon as you got here? Or is this something that took a while to figure out, you know, how to do this in the in the Sunday order, or how did that come about? Well, most people know about service review through Mark Dever at Capitol Baptist Church started it. He's the first guy I ever saw do it. And so he exposed me to this. And then when I came to Auburndale, out of a desire to just want to grow and learn uh, and how, how to be a better pastor, how to do these things better, uh, that model was just in my mind. And so we, we started it within a few months of me being here, which was interesting because obviously the church was in a really difficult place and there weren't a whole lot of uh, men who even wanted to sit around and <clears throat> and talk about that stuff. So, But we started it, and I think looking back on those early years, uh, the, few, the few men that were a part of it, we learned how to grow together. We learned how to... Service review is important because uh, I think everybody needs to learn how to give godly criticism in a helpful way and receive it. And this is an environment that we that I'm convinced is the best place or one of the best places for a pastor or someone aspiring to be a pastor can learn how to do those things. And it was pretty rough in the early years. Uh, I'm, I was a young pastor, um, no seminary degree. So you take a young pastor who's trying to prove himself and then pr- trying to grow in these things, and then you get young men who are wanting to challenge those things, seeing the weaknesses, maybe not sharing them in a loving, helpful way. It was a challenge, uh, but it, it, it helps you grow and, and develop thick skin. 
and learn how to receive those criticisms regardless of the spirit they're given in. Okay. So I want to come back to the question of the, the criticisms and how you kind of handle that and grow in that. Um, but I want to ask at this point, like, what are some of the the concrete reasons and benefits of doing a service review? So if you're going to list out and just think through the main reasons for doing a service review, what are some of those main reasons? So I think it's just good to evaluate um, whatever you're doing on a, on a Sunday. I think, you know, the, the services were a progression through the years. There's some things that I felt like we could change gradually, and there's some things just need to stay the way they were. The thing that can always change in a pastor's ministry is what comes from the pulpit from the beginning. And I realized I needed to grow in my preaching. I just needed to learn how to preach. This was my first senior pastor position. I'd done a lot of teaching, but not a whole lot of preaching. So one of the main benefits is every week you get someone to give you feedback. It's better than it's more than just a slap on the back with somebody on the way out saying, good sermon, pastor. I mean, that, that doesn't help at all. Most pastors know that's not really even very encouraging. But when you get specific feedback, you know, this was particularly helpful to me. What you said this or the way you said this, I hadn't thought of this before. Uh, all of a sudden you get this feedback and way to evaluate your sermon and, and you realize what was helpful. And then when you get that specific feedback, say, this was not clear to me. I didn't understand what you were trying to say here. Or I even understood this. Was this what you meant? And you get to you get to see how clear you were about certain things and how clear you weren't about other things. So there are... There are huge benefits. I'm convinced other than getting to preach every week and the growth that comes by just preaching week in, week out. Having men who will speak into your life and challenge you, not just tell you what you want to hear, give you specific feedback about your sermon, I think is is the best way, outside of just preaching every week, that is the best way to grow in your preaching. That is if you will listen to the critiques you hear and apply them, try to make changes. It's also another great time to find out what are the things in your speech and mannerisms that are distracting and unhelpful. We we have speech fillers, all of us do. We have mannerisms that are distracting. And to, to have men who will actually share those with you, it can feel like it's nitpicky after a while. But if you have somebody who says, um, after every other sentence in their sermon, that's something that's important for somebody to know about. And that can become distracting. So it it exposes you to have to grow in these areas or dismiss what's being said. And if you'll listen, it's amazing the growth that can come from that. So um, those are some of the benefits that you get out of a service review as the lead pastor, as the main preacher at the church. But talk about talk about the benefits that a service review has for those who are giving the feedback. And particularly, you know, in our context, there are a lot of men who are coming to service review who are preparing for ministry. Talk about the opportunity that a service review gives to help those men grow and think through the reasons why you're doing what you're doing, or even for them to get feedback on opportunities that they've had to lead. It's a great question. I think one of our pastors, I don't know, we were seven or eight years into this, and after one of our service reviews, it went really well. It was a great discussion we ended up having with everybody there. He looked at me and he said, I said, you know what? This is your classroom. And I'd never really thought of it that way before. That's exactly what it is. So there's huge benefit for the preacher or the people leading the service, but there's just as much benefit for the other guys who are sitting around because it's a mixture of, of people who are there. We've actually, we actually have women who come too, which is incredibly helpful to have a woman give 
her feedback on a sermon is usually totally different than a man. And so just for the record, this is not just for men. We invite whoever would like to come and and we value the feedback of everybody, not just those aspiring to preach and lead services. But to have interns, to have young men who are just trying to think through preaching, to think through uh, pastoral ministry, for them to sit and listen to these discussions, uh, I think there's there's very few bene- things that will benefit them like this. Even like preaching class and seminary is not the same thing. Because in this context, you're in a real local church preaching to real people. And this is exactly what a, somebody who goes to be a pastor is going to be doing. So to sit there and hear how a more seasoned preacher sort plans their sermon, writes their sermon, how they think through their sermon, the decisions they made as they were, were preparing the sermon, and, and likewise for the service. As you're trying to make changes in the service or what songs work, what songs didn't, uh, people who are trying to learn how to lead services. All these guys are in different stages trying to do that. And it is amazing how much they're able to take in and learn from each other, not just the one who's preaching, not just from me. So at the end of most service reviews, we leave, and usually somebody else besides me or even one of the other pastors said something really helpful, really profound that would potentially change the way that person would approach preparing his sermon. We also have other men who preach in our, so we have, you know, we have four other pastors who preach, but then we probably have 10 to 12 other men in different stages testing their gifts to preach and be a pastor. If you preach in our church, you are required to come to service review. And we do that so there is an intentional process to make everybody, not just give them a chance to preach, but to push them to grow and to, to learn how to receive encouragement and receive criticism. So I want to pick up on some things that you've mentioned in, you know, so far. Who, who is coming to service review? You've mentioned that, you know, so if, if people are leading in the service in some way or if people are preaching, they're required to come. Uh, if, if a pastor is thinking about establishing a service review or has a service review, would you encourage them to make that known to the church that anyone is invited? Is anyone invited? Uh, or is it better to just have a small focus group? Like, how do you think through who's coming? Um, the ideal size is about six to eight, I think. Typically, it's maybe a couple of the pastors come. We try to encourage whoever's preached that day, in the morning and the evening, whoever's led the service for that day, and potentially whoever led the music that day, because those are the things really talked about. So we encourage those guys to come. They don't, all of them aren't able to always come, and that's fine. From there, we encourage anybody, especially anyone who is trying to think through how to do these things better. Uh, we want to encourage them to try to come. Our, it's required for our interns to be at the service review because that's just part of the process to learn how to do these things. But again, we've we've also had encouraged uh, women to come who uh, want to just listen and, and learn about some of these things. But, but those who see, who believe me when I say, there's a lot of value in a woman's opinion and and. Uh, perspective on these things. Even recently, we've had we had a lady that joined a couple of times, and she's always the two times she has come, both have been I think some of the most helpful things that she shared. Because as most all of us know, men and women process things differently and are affected by you know a sermon differently. So uh, I I really would encourage women to come be a part of. What you have to be careful about is is obviously. If you're you're wanting the the men who want to be pastors, and you you want to be clear on what you think 
the role of a pastor can be for a man or, or for a woman. I, I, I hold to, uh, you know, pastors needing to be men. Uh, I think that's a biblical conviction. So, but inviting a woman doesn't all mean you're, you're confused about that. But you just got to be clear on what the intent of that is. There's some people who just love to talk about it. And some of the ladies love to talk about these things and they're more invited. If you don't have any of those desires, most have no reason to stay an extra hour on a Sunday night after the evening service. So there's a commitment, there's a sacrifice uh, to be there. And uh, that's usually who, who comes, at least in our experiences. So walk us through um, a typical service review. Like, what's the format of it? So just to inform the listeners. So uh, as Brian mentioned, a service review is going to happen right after the Sunday evening service. So we have Sunday evening service. And then right after that, we'll chat for a little bit. But then we're going to move to Brian's office. So Brian, tell the listeners, like, if they're going to walk into your office and, and the service review is about to start, what, what are they going to see? What are they going to hear? Well, first of all, the running joke in my office is I don't turn the overhead lights on. I have lamps I turn on. It kind of has this like picture a coffee shop, more like more like momster back room type feel, oh, okay. you know. So so without it's it's it without the smoke. We're designing this to be intimidating. No, just kidding. There, but that is the setting. But it, it is we try to uh, you know set the mood for us to just be able to have a good conversation. But we'll come in and sit in a circle together, facing everybody, and we'll go around the room in a circle. We'll first talk about the morning service and sermon. So we talk about the service, which means we talk about everything but the sermon. So and prayer. you're leading the conversation. I'm leading the conversation. I mean, most of the time. Sometimes you lead the conversation, but it's usually when I'm not there. So if I'm there, it's just become the habit. I lead the conversation. And, um, and usually, like I said, I was a part of planning the services. I usually preach the morning service. So, you know, there's, there's also intentionality in me leading this time with that also. And we'll talk about the morning service and all the things that went into that, from music to prayers to scripture readings to whatever, to the demeanor of the leader to whatever, you know, how how all those things went. And then we go to the sermon separately. And so we go around the room once and talk about the service. We come back around again and just talk about the sermon. And that allow again, that pushes everybody to give specific, uh, helpful feedback or critique or criticism. Uh, and because the sermon is such a central part of our services and what we do as a church, we want to give time to that and to the person who preached and labored so they can get those specific comments. And then after the morning service, we we go to the evening service. We do the same thing. We do a round around the circle with, with just the service part. And then we do a round in the circle for the evening sermon. And a lot of times there's somebody there who has preached maybe a few times, maybe a lot. But a lot of times if it's somebody outside the pastors, they've preached only a certain amount of times and they're just getting going. So I will ask that man to share with everybody, how many times have you preached before? Because if you say three or if you say 300, that's going to inform those in the circle on how specific, how nitpicky do the critiques need to be. So because And those are just things I have learned in the past. So it is, it is unhelpful to put somebody on the hot seat to receive criticism who've preached three times and they've never done this before. They've never been critiqued like this. Uh, they're not polished at all as a preacher and they don't know who they are as a preacher. They're trying to figure that out. For somebody to go around and give like 14 comments to them uh, that they need to grow in is really disheartening, discouraging, can just crush somebody's spirit. And I think it's very unhelpful. Unfortunately, we've learned that the hard way after doing this for about 12 years. 
So, uh, and that's another part that why I lead the time. I feel like I'm going to be most sensitive to that because I've lived through some of these unhelpful service reviews and trying to make changes from that has grown them into re- become really helpful. So what are some what are some typical comments that would come from some of those who attend? I mean, so for example, are you talking about the songs? Are you talking about the music? Are you talking about the content of the sermon? Are you talking about the length of a prayer? What are some kinds of comments that you're receiving? And what are some of the most helpful for you as a pastor? Well, you hit on some of them. I mean, it's, you know, the, anything goes. the first, yeah, anybody can, here's the rule of service for you. You can bring anything you want to the table. You can say whatever you want. And we honor that. It can be as harsh or as out there, whatever. But you have to be prepared. Whatever you bring, you have to be willing to receive the pushback from wherever it comes. So I've had guys come and bring a pretty harsh critique that I'm not okay with, or at least I'm, I don't think it's a helpful critique. And I will push back on them with something that based on what they had said, that they weren't expecting, that they weren't expecting to be in the hot seat. And that's just how it works. So, I mean, you bring whatever you want. And a lot of guys bring stuff knowing that it's going to be controversial. But that's the first rule of thumb. You can say whatever you want, but let's all come to, have, to try to be helpful, at least with that aim. And so that's, that's the first thing. Um, how clear did somebody speak? You know, how well does somebody project when so that people could hear? We have 90-year-olds with hearing aids in our church. So I'm on, these, I'm on the guys often that they need to project and, and speak cl- slower and clearer than they realize they need to. So that comes up. Was a, if we, how was this new song we tried? How did it go over? Is it really singable? Um, so we, some guys are more musical than others, but, and the musical guys can help the non-musical guys in the room, but actually the non-musical guys give that perspective that we need on music that maybe the musical guys aren't thinking about. That's me, the non-musical guy. And that's your, you're one of those guys. So, um, yeah, so I, I think we'll talk about just from that to how, how well did people sing in the service? You know, we care a lot about that around here. So we'll, we'll evaluate all those things and it will help us, it'll inform us to know what, what things we need to adjust maybe for the next time, or what things went over really well. We've done stuff to where this everybody says, that song just bombed, like that's not going to work, it's not singable, the words are too hard, whatever it is. And out of service review, uh, a song that I like really, I really liked would be put on the chopping block because I, because I would listen to what people said, so things like that. But you always have all kinds of thoughtful things to say, Josh, so I never know it's coming from you. So... Uh, what are what are some of the things you think about when you're giving the feedback? You're usually the one there often, yeah. and you're one of the more seasoned guys speaking. Yeah, so I guess on one level, I'm thinking about, you know, as a Christian attending a church service, like what is, what's helpful for me, what's distracting for me? So I think about it on that level. I think about my family and how it sounds for the congregation. But I'm also thinking like as a pastor of the church, like what is what is clear about the sermons? I'm trying to help you sincerely and help any of the other men who are leading in the service. So I want to do, you know, two things. I don't want to just be critical. I don't want to just, you know, blast or say, you know, I would have done it differently or I would have done it this way. 
I want to have something constructive to say. If I'm going to criticize something, I want to have something profitable or a suggestion. That's something you've really, you've pushed us all on over the years is that if you're going to, if you're going to identify something that you think didn't work well, you really push us to think, well, what would you do instead of that? Like, what is a different route to take? Right. Um, so when I think of, you know, the, the, the criticism angle, I'm trying to think of how to be constructive and helpful. And then I also want to be encouraging and identify, like, this thing went well. Uh, maybe we can do this more. Uh, maybe we can change this just a little bit. And, you know, I was really helped by this application or by your insight here. So I try to encourage and build up, you know, whether it's you or one of our other men, um, try to build up and not just change things. You touched on something that was was important from an earlier question, and that's, you know, what is it, what are some of the things said look like? And then I mentioned that, you know, I make sure that guys can bring whatever they want, but they got to be prepared for what comes back to them. You, you mentioned something that is a classic version of that. Somebody who will come and give a specific, pretty harsh criticism of the sermon, like, I don't even, I don't like the outline that you had in your sermon. And, you know, that's a critique. But then a lot of times what, what has happened through the years, then I will look back at them and say, well, how would you have outlined this, this sermon? And it's amazing the amount of guys who have no answer to that. So we want, we, we do not want to encourage somebody to come and just drop a bomb and criticize and then have nothing helpful to say in response. So it's not, I'm just going to criticize. I have no solutions for you, but I just wanted you to know that was terrible. That's not a helpful way to approach it. So it's funny, through the years, when somebody would come courageous enough to say, I hated your outline of your sermon, they know it was coming back to them. And one guy even showed up with his own paper, had his own outline ready to go to tell us what it was. Okay, fine. You know. You know, that applicate none of the applications were helpful and I felt like came from the text. Okay. Well give me one application then that that would meet that criteria that actually came from the text that you think would be helpful. So what it does is it causes men to not just come in and criticize, but to come with the intent to be helpful. So I want to I want to look at the other side of criticism. So we talked a little bit about giving constructive criticism. How do you as a pastor, particularly as a senior pastor, how do you receive criticism? And how do you encourage other guys who you know, might have their pride wounded by a critique? How do we think through receiving criticism well? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it's something that a lot of pastors just don't know how to do. And that's what makes criticism in pastoral ministry so hard. But receiving criticism is, is all about the heart. It's all about you knowing your identity in Christ, that a criticism is not an attack on your personal value and who you are, um, but it's really hard to not take things personal. And it's really hard to not be wounded by somebody who critique has a harsh critique of your sermon that you poured into uh, all week. And, and then you, you gave birth once at your sermon, and then everybody wants to come and says the baby's ugly. So... It's just hard to receive that, and you have to be, one, prepared to, to know that every criticism probably has a little bit of truth in it, and that you need to—I think if we prepare ourselves to hear criticism, that we'll receive it better. Where I find where I don't receive it the best is is when someone just kind of drops it on me, and I'm not expecting it. I, you kind of have to prepare your heart to go, okay, this wasn't a perfect ser- sermon. I'm human. I didn't do this exactly right. There's ways I can grow in this. And you can posture yourself in a way that you that you can receive it versus 
you know, some passing comment that somebody makes on the way out the door on Sunday morning that, you know, that you weren't expecting at all. You still need to be able to receive all of that. But I find knowing it's coming, knowing it's good for me, knowing that's what's going to help me grow. So I really need to try to be as receptive as possible. I mean, hands down, the the thing that's helped me grow the most as a preacher, I've been doing it every week, is hearing specific critiques and criticism in the early years of service review, that served me better than any kind of class or anything or conference I went to on preaching. So uh, just in conclusion here, how would you uh, encourage listeners to to think about starting this? Does a senior pastor need to lead the way or um, would it be inappropriate for like an associate pastor or a group of members to do a service review? Who needs to be leading this thing? I'm glad you asked that question because there's one thing I need to mention in this and that's <clears throat> We try to be very careful to not go around the room and let people criticize someone if they're not in the room. So now, I mean, if it's one side thing on a service or something, that's different. But if the preacher, it's rare, but if the preacher of that day or that evening is unable to be there, then we don't even go around and talk about the sermon. We tell them, think through how you, what comments you want to give, but email that person. And again, that's a harsh lesson we learned Three years, but it's amazing how free your guys speak about and criticize others when they're not sitting in the room and have to take it personally. Um, so that's the first thing. Remind me of the question, Josh. Oh, just who should be leading this? Thing? Yeah, like, thank can you. Can an associate or members lead this, or does it need to be the senior pastor? I don't think there's a rule, but I I think if you're starting it, whoever's the primary preacher of the church needs to be leading it. Because the way I got away with doing this in the early years, it was in the name of, I'm a new preacher, help me grow at this. The associate pastor who does this, and it can quickly look, and, and the senior pastor is not on board with it because many of them don't want to just sit in a room and be criticized. It could, it could potentially look like it's, a, it's something to attack him. Of course, that's going to be about him and his own insecurities, but... Safely, if the one who's leading the ser- or the one who's preaching primarily, um, it could be something to where the one who leads the services. If there's a if there's a music minister, you know, music pastor that leads the services, does all that, and he wants to get feedback on those things. I think he could lead it, especially you could lead your own area. So if if the, the associate pastor who's over music and service planning wants to do this to get feedback, he can, they can do that and lead the sermon out if they choose to. It just depends on the situation, but whoever's the primary preacher needs to be supportive of it. Uh, otherwise, they're going to feel really threatened that somebody's getting in a room together every week and talk about how bad their sermon is. At least that's how they're going to take it. So if you're a senior pastor and you're the one preaching, if you will drive it and you will, you're in, what you're doing is inviting the comments to, so you could grow. And, it, and that's the best way i found to approach it. Well, Brian, thank you for the conversation today. I hope our listeners are going to find this helpful. Let's conclude by praying together. Father, I pray that the result of this conversation would be that uh, we would grow in our humility as we give and receive criticism and that our worship services would uh, bring you much glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Trench Talk. We'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you might have for us. So to get in touch with us, you can email us at brian at practicalshepherding.com or you can contact us through Facebook or Twitter. You can find out more about Practical Shepherding at our website. And at the website, you can find our blog and you can also find information about articles and books that we've published. 
You can also find out information about our regional workshops where we engage pastors face-to-face to equip them for the trench work of ministry. So until next time, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you as you labor in the trenches of pastoral ministry. Thank you.